0: Three, two, one,
1: here we go. Hello, and welcome back to the week nine episode of a Texas private school podcast. As always, I'm one half of your hosting crew, Wes Tollison, joining you from the heart of Dallas, Texas, Walker Lott, my co-host joins me from College Station, Texas. Walker, um, a fantastic week in private school football. More importantly, we got a fantastic opportunity to go out west to Midland Christian for the second time since we've been doing the podcast and go and finally cover some football. We have been asking, bordering on, begging them, oh perfect, begging them to go out there to watch a football game ever since we got to go see basketball, and it absolutely lived up to expectations. We cannot be more grateful to Midland Christian Mustang Network and everyone that made it possible. The hospitality was unmatched. It was one of the most fun weekends I've had this year. Walker, first of all, how are you? Second of all, uh, how is how is your experience along with mine out in Midland this weekend?
2: Yeah, I'm a little tired, man. I'm still getting over all the flying and uh just, you know, tired, man. But it's been it's been awesome, man. Thank you again so much to Midland uh, for doing that for us it's been so much fun shout out the midland Miko. i know Wes is wearing the hat i am too that dinner over there if anyone's in midland go check out the half acre it was phenomenal um but yeah thank you so much to midland christian y'all no one does it like them uh with their you know how they do their athletics their media side of things just the environment no it's the collaboration of all of those things together it's just it's a unique place and in all the right ways um yeah, great time. Should be a vlog coming out. I don't know when I'm almost done with editing it. So uh, whenever that gets done, it will be posted. Um, but yeah, great time. I'm up on you. I know you beat me in the picks this week by one game, but uh, the four game lead goes to a three game lead, which I'm still three games ahead. I just need to keep it.
1: Yeah, exactly. That'll be interesting. Also, I have to give a huge shout out to Wyatt Davis and Mason Vandergrift yeah, for the 100%. second time. They basically gave us a tour of the school, which was awesome. These two kids are some of the most talented media guys I've ever I've ever come across. We brag so much on Mustang Network and what they do, you know, with graphics, with photography and videography. It's top notch and in large part because of what these kids do. It's hard to imagine and, you know conceptualize they're still in high school but they do such a good job so shout out to Wyatt Davis and Mason Vandergrift. those two kids are awesome keep doing what you do and keep uh keep on rocking but yeah Walker you bring up the pick records um yeah you went 13 and 6 last week I went 14 and 5 so I got a one game advantage on you however as you mentioned I am still three games back in the overall record you are 113 and 33 I am 110 and 36 you you kind of talked on on your half of the pick record. My mindset is still the same as it's been the past couple of weeks not trying to get it all back in one week, trying to, you know kind of be I'm trying to be like a woodpecker in a petrified forest. just always yeah. you know be hungry and look for opportunities. but I mean, I, I'm trying to get you know one, two games back a week and eventually just overtake you slightly. But we'll see will that happen? I'm not sure. It's kind of a random walk or roll of dice at this point in the <laughs> season, but it certainly will be interesting. Without further ado, speaking of games, let us get into the TXPS Media Football Scoreboard and recap with one sentence some of the games that happened last week. As always, five of the games on the left-hand column will be recapped more in depth. So we will start at the bottom with Bishop Lynch losing to Trinity Christian Addison 10-6. to With an offense like that, I expected more production.
2: The the defensive battle did not go the probably what well, we said better offense way. I mean, shout out to T C Addison. That's a big win.
1: Exactly. Parish Episcopal beats San Antonio Cornerstone 56 to 13. Don't look now, but scary hours for Parish.
2: Yeah, Parish is hitting their groove right at going into district and, and going into a pretty tough slate. Uh so it's gonna be interesting to watch.
1: Absolutely. All Saints blank, Southwest Christian fifty-three to nothing. Uh, Walker Lot, how you feel?
2: Next question.
1: <laughs> Legacy Christian out of Frisco beats Bishop Dunn forty-eight to eighteen, sets up a heck of a matchup this Friday.
2: The Eagles look legit, man. Um, I'm excited to see you against your Cougars this week.
1: Speaking of that, Grace Community beats Flower Mound Coram Deo fifty-nine to seventeen. Coram deo burners, comma. Where are you at? Question mark. Uh, retweet. <laughs> it's actually repost now. You forget Elon's blowing Twitter up in front of our eyes.
2: Very true. Very true. Repost. There you
1: go. There. There we go. Regents beats Hyde Park 52 to fourteen. Um. I'm. I want to say next question, but great solid performance from Regents.
2: Yeah, Hyde Park's not a bad squad, and you know probably the third-best team in Austin this year, and Austin gets it done with a big, big win.
1: Brownsville St. Joseph shuts out St. Michael's 23 to nothing. Shout out the Bloodhound defense, team traditionally known for impressive offense, stout effort on the defensive end.
2: Yeah, big, big win for Brownsville St. Joseph. Uh, they're still trying to fight for that second-place spot in that district, so it's going to be interesting to watch. And Lutheran was, South. They can do it very quickly. That's gonna be interesting to watch with kind of how the division four or Ta- district four is looking this year. Not the best. Brownsville, where their seating could lie, could help them out a little bit.
1: That's a really good point. We always dog on D three for being far and away the worst division um in D2. But I mean District Four is an impressive this year. That could make a run. That's a really good point. Next game, Lutheran South destroys uh Beaumont Kelly 53 to 14. Uh a lot more tough sledding for Kelly up ahead. It appears.
2: Yeah, uh, rough, rough time over there in Kelly. So,
1: Bowler Brook Hill beats. There we go. Bowler Brook Hill beats Dallas Covenant thirty six to nothing. Shout out to I, I get is alma mater a school that you graduated from? Is that the? Uh, I think that's the technical definition. Right. Shout out to a former a former school of mine, Brook Hill. Great win for them. All jokes aside.
2: I I am shocked you were shouting out Brook Hill but you know every, every crazy times nowadays anyways a uh, great win for Brook Hill
1: Munster Sacred Heart beats Temple Christian 17 to 14 solid performance from Swarzynski and company
2: Yeah it's a big win against one of the better Division 4 teams and that we've always said so Sacred Heart's kind of hitting their stride later in the season good for them
1: Speaking of Sacred Hearts, Howitzville Sacred Heart beat Shiner St. Paul 31-14. to This seems to be the year for the Indians.
2: It looks like there's a new king in uh, the Division 4 South, and it looks like it's going to be Howitzville Sh- Sacred Heart.
1: Brazos Christian gets back on track, beating Houston Northland 28-21. to Demons excised following last year.
2: Yeah, that's a big, big win over. Probably was going to be a pretty good matchup this year. Uh, but yeah uh last second win for prizes christian goes their way and it advantages last year so good for them
1: addison green hill beats that is right it, it, yeah it's it's addison greenville it is or green yeah, hill green hill sorry I, I almost got it right green hill beats oak ridge 32 21 uh coach kj can i get some swag no just kidding i didn't pick y'all walker walker lot deserves the swag great win for coach kj and company friend of the program
2: uh I'm gonna pull up a stat. I do not have this prepared. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Uh Green Hill's first district win since November 3rd, 2017. Wow, that's a big, big program win for KJ and the guys over there. If
1: there's any man to write the ship. I'm gonna put my put my money on KJ Williams. Shout out to Green Hill, huge win. Sticking with some SPC action, Houston Christian beats John Cooper twenty-eight to fourteen. Good performance. John Cooper is is somehow underrated this year after a slow start. Great win for Brett Kilchrist and the gang.
2: Yeah, man, Houston Christian looks really, really good. Uh, excited to see what they continue to do in Division three uh, A and in the hopefully the whatever state championship.
1: Fort Worth Country Day destroys Cistercian thirty-seven to three. Um, Massive, massive win. I don't really have anything else to say here.
2: Yeah, shout out to Andrew Edwards and company. It's a big one for the Falcons over there off uh, Brian Irvin.
1: Bel Air Episcopal, Marks St. Marks 41-3. Business as usual following that snafu against St. John's.
2: Yeah, Bel Air Episcopal is looking ready to go and is sharp going into this big, big game against Kincaid this week.
1: San Antonio Christian beats San Antonio TMI fifty-seven to twenty-eight after some some really dark years for San Antonio Christian. Just solid wins this season.
2: Yeah, uh, shout out to Talon Lewin and company. Big win for San Antonio Christian. San Antonio TMI going up to Division One is a rough time for them. Probably won't see Sir. them officially in there next year.
1: Yeah, that's that's a good point. Grapevine Faith blanks John Paul II forty-three to nothing. JP two. It's it's time to blow it up.
2: It's gonna be interesting to see what John Paul does with this program. Um, I, I don't know where you go from here. It, the rise and fall of that program is something that like needs to be write out written about it for the years. Cause, and one year they had multiple Division One talent guys, and then they that next year they all transfer out. And it's just it's it's that went on. Jared Bradley to, that went to is starting at Tech. Grayson James they started at Dunkerville the next year. Man, Terrence Brooks, who's at Ohio? No, not at Texas. I mean, come on, that team was insane. Uh, but yeah, John Paul, man, what a, what a team! What a team!
1: Just wild times at at Ridgemont High. Prestonwood beats Nolan Catholic 72 to twelve. Um, can't really take any great performance from Prestonwood. It it is it is Nolan, but hopefully Prestonwood is taking some momentum into what should be a massive game against Parrish in a couple weeks.
2: Unless he threw one this week. I saw that Kellen Tasby's thrown for only two interceptions this year. That's a big, that's a good stat mark for him. Um but Yeah, big, big win. 70 points, man. Wow. Big win for wow. the
1: Absolutely. Wow. So, wow. So, that concludes our TXPDS me- TXPS media, excuse me, football scoreboard recap, powered by none other than Ryan Schroeder. Shout out to Ryan. But... We will now move on into our five games of the week from last week with a quick recap of each of those. Starting with Antonian at Central Catholic and the Apaches are out for blood as they blank Crosstown rival Central 42 zip. Jason Connell throws for five touchdowns as Riley Strode accounts for two in the first half as Central has zero. I repeat zero answer to any facet of this Apache attack. Bode Ferguson had two pass breakups, 11 total tackles and three quarterback hurries and Michael Moreno and Landon Proutry also eclipsed the century mark on the ground. Moreno, or I think, yeah, Prouty um, on the ground. Moreno had over a hundred all-purpose yards. Walker, um, Antonio looks really good and yep. we've been talking about how good St. Thomas looks. We kind of fell into that trap last year. I know Cardenas got hurt. That's a big reason why they didn't win, but Antonian, I think right now is proving that D1 South isn't a cakewalk yeah. for St. Michael's. Do you think there's any validity in that thought?
2: I think there's some validity for sure. I would never count out the Apaches. We counted them out last year, and we they definitely proved us wrong. So can't count them out. um I still think, unless you know something happened in the last few weeks that I don't know about, I feel still think it's a full strength St. Thomas squad. So I I still would lean that way, but. If anyone can prove me wrong, it's Jace Toscano and the Apaches, who Jace Toscano threw for four touchdowns and a half last game, or four total touchdowns, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's wild. is a heck of an athlete, and we've been talking about Riley Strode since he was a sophomore as well. I'm mean, seeing these kids develop into such great athletes as seniors. It's fun to watch, and I don't know, I... I'm really hoping they continue to improve and set up a, just a fantastic game against St. Thomas. I'm very excited to see that happen. But that being said, that is the recap on Antonian at Central. The next game, Second Baptist at Fort Bend Christian. And don't look now, but Second Baptist is 2-0 in district as they knock off most likely their most formidable district opponent in Fort Bend Christian, 22-0. Sophomore defensive back Adam Vessel had a pick six to start the game along with three pass breakups and six tackles as well as a block punt just for good measure in there. Langston Davis also had a touchdown run in the second quarter and Cannon tuned through a touchdown to Jackson Powell in the Jackson Powers, excuse me, in the third. Also, Kelvin Baptiste at, or is it Kelvin Baptist, Baptiste, I don't, Baptiste, 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 there we go. A defensive tackle had four sacks and a tackle for loss. That's four sacks at defensive tackle. Uh, That's a fantastic performance from him. Walker, I want to ask: Looking ahead, are these still the top two seeds out of this district?
2: Uh, SPS is definitely the number one seed in that district, especially at full strength. Fort Bend is going to answer that question with a win or a loss to the TWCA this week.
1: I think so. It's it's going to be interesting. That Fort Bend TWCA game has always—it's not necessarily been interesting. Fort Bend has handled them. Uh, in the past couple years, this year, I think it has an opportunity to be closer. You know, we're actually going to preview this more in depth, so I won't say too much on it. But uh, Walker, do you, just definitively right now, would you would you think that Fort Ben Christian is most likely the two seed? I mean, I'm not trying to give away too much before we pick the game, but it, it seems I don't know. I th- it's I, hard.
2: I, I think they're still going through some growing pains, so I wouldn't officially say.
1: Um, they're the second seed yet. No, I would not. I really wouldn't. It's interesting there. And there's still a wealth of, you know, legit D one talent, Max Granville, Bennett Warren. I think Ivan, Jimmy Ducksworth is, is absolutely a college player. It's, it's interesting. The talents there. Um, There's obviously a young quarterback in Jack Malone. and Tillman is a beast. Again, I'll, I'll save a lot of this for when we preview the game, but I, I still think there's a lot that Fort Bend can grow into and hopefully they get better as the season progresses. But Moving on into the next game to recap, we have Lake Country Christian at Trinity Christian Lubbock and Trinity Christian is quietly 6 and 1 and 2 and 0 in district as they destroy Lake Country Christian 48 to 7. So Walker, Trinity Christian has gotten past their two toughest district opponents in dominant fashion. Do they pose a legit threat in Division 3?
2: I would say I'm going to say no cuz it's DC, but that sucks because like They're a really good squad. They're a very talented squad. And um, any other team, if any other team not named DC was in that district or in that division, I would absolutely say yes. But, like, I can't say that. I just truly can't. Because I think last year's TCS team was a better team, and with Marcus and all that, and they weren't a threat. So how can I say, as an analyst, to be honest, like, how can I say that? But that shouldn't take away from TCS. If a team not named D.C. was in this division, they might be the favorites out of the North to make the state championship this year, you know?
1: Yeah, no, I agree with you. It's It, it does suck because, like I said, I never like looking at these divisions and then just seeing one team in there being like, yeah, that's the state championship. You that's, that's the state champion. You can write it in already. I like competition. Again, the game's not played on paper. We'll never truly know until it's played on the gridiron. But all this to say... We, we, I don't think we had TCS as a legit competitor going into the season, and they're very, very good right now. And I'm very excited to see yeah. if they can round into form and be a real challenger in the playoffs.
2: I could see this uh, TCS, Lubbock, and DC semifinal matchup in a couple weeks. Yep. You know what I mean? I, I could definitely see that.
1: Also, uh, an interesting little caveat here. Um, TCS's last uh non-playoff game in the regular season is against Liberty Christian both of those teams need to get that game off their schedule um I see absolutely nothing good coming from this game right before playoffs the only thing that I can possibly see is 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 somebody somehow getting hurt I I don't know I yeah. I think, Both you know, spots. there's a lot of
2: doesn't make sense. Ex-
1: exactly. I, I think there is something to be said about um about, you know, momentum and game reps. And, the, you know, there's a lot of that complaining about it in the MLB teams that sit longer um, have, are at a disadvantage. Now, football is very different. I don't think that translates at all. All that to say. Um, I think it would be in the best interest of these teams to get that game off of their schedule and take an extra week to get healthy and prepare going to the playoffs. Walker, do you see any benefit to that game being played last week?
2: No. Uh, even last year, I get maybe last year, but I don't feel like it was. I don't feel like it was a good game last year either. I, I, I no, I could be wrong about that, but like, um, I just don't like. I don't get it. I I honestly. If I was those schools and and they won't and they won't agree, but like I I would just cancel. Like I would, it does not make sense for either squad for because what if that's a game where you know Cola Welliver knock on wood like you know does something. You know what I mean? A game right before playoffs. That's not what you want. Same with LCS or uh, for TCS. If like Eli White or something. You know what I mean? That's just not what you want. It's not a game that needs to be played. Um. Run with the twos and have a good team, good diamond, Abilene. You know what I mean. You know, so.
1: I, that I actually would be very down. I would say I say both teams roll their JVs out and just duke it out. So who's got the better J? No, actually, I do like seeing the twos get reps. Shout but out.
2: hey, shout out to Trinity Valley JV. They're real ones.
1: They are real ones. <laughs> they DM me on that account, be like, "Hey, um, X date, come to this game." I'm like, "Dude, I've got class until like 10:30 p.m. on Tuesdays. Like, if you shoot me a live if they if they live stream it, I'll pull it up in asset and wealth management practicum. But I don't think I'm making it out there." But, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, um, I don't see any reason this game should be played. It will probably be played ultimately, but, you know, it's just a a quick five-minute rant for no reason from us. But moving on into the next game to recap, Kincaid at Episcopal School of Dallas. Kincaid cleans up the bottom of 4A as they route Episcopal School of Dallas 43-7. Miles Raider shines in this one as he carries the rock 31 times for 263 yards and two touchdowns, over 300 all-purpose yards for Mr. Raider on this contest. The Falcon defense is only allowing 15 points a game, and they will be tested in the final two games against EHS and St. John's. The final game against St. John's will most likely be a for a trip to the title game, but Jack Klosek will break that down here shortly. Walker, um... Kincaid, another team that we we had taking a couple steps back this year, clearly didn't hear that message, playing very well here early in district play. Your thought on the Falcons uh, taking care of business here? That's a
2: big win against a ESD team. You know, Jack Close of our SPC analyst, he actually knows ball for, you know, people who might doubt him. He said before the even season started that that, that Kincaid defense was going to come to play this year. And that's absolutely what they did in this one, 43-7. to 7. Having an SPC uh, offense like ESD held to only seven points is huge, and that prepares and kind of shocks me for how I should handle this pick this upcoming week because if they can handle a good offense like ESD, how can they handle an elite offense like EHS? got going to be interesting to watch.
1: Yeah, it, it certainly will. Um. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. We got a got a heck of a game to recap here shortly. But before that, we will go with the final game that we are going to recap a game that we are live and on site for Liberty Christian at Midland Christian. Well, we expected a Liberty Christian win. But maybe not with a running clock. Uh, Liberty continues its tear through taps with a 46-0 shutout of Midland Christian. UConn commit well over throws for 250 yards and three touchdowns with one to Jalen Hawkins and two to Quentin Brown, who had over 100 yards on only three catches this game. Our player of the game, junior quarterback Chase Garnett, had 124 yards on the ground and three touchdowns, as there wasn't much the Mustangs could do to slow down this Liberty juggernaut. This is Liberty Christian's second shutout of the season, and honestly, I think that they're due for another one next week. Walker Lott, I'll let you take it. You can tell me if I'm wrong, but that was unnecessary on my part. I'll give you that. I'm poking the bear a little bit, but am I wrong? Um,
2: <laughs> I can't get mad at you, man. Gosh, um,
1: I will be honest. You played nice with Grace for the most part, even when they were down. That was unnecessary by me. I, um, I, I don't know. To answer your question,
2: I don't know if this is gonna sound bad. Hopefully, it doesn't. Um, what a wild thing. Anyways, um, I don't think it's. I, I, I think they are. Um, SES people. You didn't hear that from me. Um, but as an analyst, I have to say, it does not look good for my Eagles next week. Uh, just don't get injured guys. Just no injuries, please. That's all you need from this game because the games that matter are the last two games of the season for y'all. These are not the game. This is not the game that matters. Um, but I want to shout out Jalen Hawkins is a guy that I kind of mentioned to you before the game. Um, just another threat for this, uh, Liberty offense that is just, just full of weapons. Um, and he's one of the other guys, and just shout out to him. He's a really good player. And you know the touchdown he had on the sideline where he got up and got it and went down the sideline. That was not supposed to go to him. That was supposed to go to uh Quentin Brown. He's right behind him, but he just went up and snagged it like beautifully and then ran for the score. That's how good it is. That like uh probably if that with the to Quinn too it probably would have scored. This that offense is scary, man. But uh shout out to Jalen. Hang on, Rockins. did
1: did did Q, Jalen or Cole tell you that?
2: Uh, Jalen and Q told me that. So like, <laughs> it was basically Jalen's like, yeah, I went up and got it type of thing. So like, um, yeah, insane. But uh, Chase Cornet, man, for the first time I've seen him live. I, I get what you mean. We're like. He's strong, like he's so strong when he runs the ball, like multiple times, you could see that strength over and over and over where guys just didn't want to hit him. And then when you wanted to, when you finally wanted to hit him, he's so quick and athletic and shifty where he can go right past you. And, you know, his burst is insane, or he can go side to side and make you miss. He's, he's in a sensational running back and being only a junior, that's scary, man.
1: You know, he reminds me of a little bit faster, Sean Coleman, if that, if you think that's accurate. I figure you can't talk, I think, because your mic's unplugged. But, but yeah, no, Chase Garnett, I I said it probably two or three times on the broadcast, and even Brandon Brunson. Shout-out to Brandon Brunson, one of our great friends at Midland. Um, one of the best guys you'll ever meet. If you ever have the opportunity to tune into a Midland Christian broadcast. He's a voice of Midland Christian, one of our great friends over there. But even Brandon, like I, I was talking, I was like, yeah, Chase is a rare combination of speed and strength that it's hard to find sometimes at running back. And, you know, after a, a couple touchdowns, Brandon was like, I really see what you mean when you say the combination of speed and strength, because a lot of people say that, but it's rare to see yeah. those two things really come together in a running back like that. I've been saying it since I saw him, um, since I saw him, um, we saw him in spring ball, a fantastic yeah. running back, just another piece in this it loaded Liberty Christian team.
2: Hey, do I sound good now? Am I, Yep, good. Okay, cool.
1: Yeah, but but they are fantastic, and it's we talk about so much about the offense, the defense is just as good with CJ Witten, Cooper Witten, Max Saul. Right. Um, yeah. who is who is number two? The guy that plays uh, between... Maddox,
2: I'm not gonna say your last name, buddy. I don't know how to say it. Maddox, uh, number two, the junior from the yeah. That, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, all the entire team is stacked. Uh, Liberty, I'm not trying to jinx anything. You can probably pencil them hey, in as, as state champions.
2: I want to say also, uh, no, continue first. Continue. No, first. I, I was done. Okay. Shout out to Nathan Humphrey on the offensive line. Uh, with we didn't know, but you know, uh, Keen Smith on the offensive line, their left tackle is out with injury. I don't know how long he's out. I didn't get to ask him, but a guy like that having to step up against a good and good Midland offensive line where, you know, in the first half, they were not. Liberty was not able to run the ball extremely well. Um, they were in it good, but, like, you know what I mean? Um, Nathan Humphrey and that rest of the offensive line really stepped up that second half. And so that uh, I think Nathan Humphrey is a good collegiate talent at 6'4", whatever he – weight-wise, probably around 290. Like, he's a good collegiate prospect. And uh, the rest of the offensive line, they, they played really good in the second half. Pro- props to them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. A complete team effort from this Liberty squad. They are poised very well as we inch closer towards playoffs. But that being said, that actually concludes our five games of the week from last week. We will now transition into our other news segment, starting with a personal favorite segment of mine Do They Cover? So. As always, four teams, four divisions, starting with D3, the original do they cover team, Dallas Christian. Last week, they did in fact cover the spread against Dallas Homeschool. This week, they are 34 and a half point favorites versus Brook Hill. Walker, I debated this one for a second. Um, wow. Again, far, far be it for you to ever give props to Brook Hill. That being said, I actually do like Brook Hill as a program a lot. But
2: uh, so I'll give my pick first. Yes, they okay. will cover. Continue.
1: Yeah. Uh it, it took some thinking from me, especially after after um Brookhill blanked Covenant like 34 to nothing last week. All that to say, um, Brookhill's better than I thought they were at the beginning of the year, especially with that uh close loss to Grace. But it's it's DC. DC's probably gonna DC's probably gonna win this game in the neighborhood of of sixty five to fourteen, if I had to guess. And now that I say that, they'll just end up shutting them out. But yeah, DC covers. Next game, does Parish Episcopal cover last week? They did, in fact, cover. This week, they wow. are 38 and a half point favorites versus Nolan. Yes, they cover. Don't think twice about it. Yep, continue. Does Liberty cover in TAP Division two last week? They did, in fact, cover against Midland <laughs> oh. Christian. This week, they are 39 and a half point favorites against Southwest Christian. Yes, they cover. They cover this number all the way up to 48 points.
2: Oh, man. Um, Dang man, what do I gotta do? Why why does Liberty have to be in my district, man? Um, yeah, they probably do. I, uh, I won't. They probably hold them under forty eight. I'm gonna say that hold them under forty eight, and then they're gonna drop fifty five, and that's what's just gonna happen.
1: And it's just like, what am I supposed to do with my life? You know, it's anyway, how it goes. Listen, I played, I played in a district with Cedar Hill in DC for for three years. I mean, it's you you, yeah. you got you go through some of this. You do. You do. We already, man. Anyways, continue. Dallas first Baptist this week is a 19 and a half Ooh. point underdog versus love it Christian. As always, we were actually previewing this game um, on the episode. So I'm not going to give, um, I'm not going to give any picks here, whether they, whether they cover, you can fast forward to our coverage of them in the episode if you want to see that pick there, but that is the, do they cover segment now, moving on into our top 10 private school power rankings starting off with the overall top 10 um well, as it's on the screen, you can see nothing's changed. Um, <laughs> all these teams, all these teams won except Saint John's, and St. John's lost a game to it. it wasn't legacy. cornerstone, it was legacy. Yeah, I always get the the independence mixed up. But yeah, um legacy sports sciences team, which is stacked. We're not gonna drop St. John's below EHS because EHS lost to St. John's. Long story short, Walker Lot, we have a lot more rankings to get into this week. Any overarching thoughts on the top ten?
2: Now, uh, I saw some people talking. You know, the parish thing, where why we put parish above EHS. Second week, parish deserves to be. They've been rolling since then. So, uh, but yeah, good, good rankings.
1: Exactly. Okay, and now something exciting. We actually have all of our divisional rankings done. Mean Walker sat down for about thirty minutes to an hour before the episode banged all these out as always a a good amount of thought goes into these we're not just kind of mindlessly typing away we we look at these from a lot of different angles bounce ideas off of each other and come up with the rankings but we are now well into district we figured it is time starting with tap's Division one. At number one, we have Parish Episcopal. At number two, Houston St. Thomas. Number three, Antonian Prep. Number four, Plano Prestonwood. Number five, Tomball Concordia. Number six, Central Catholic. Number seven, Trinity Christian Addison. Number eight, Bishop Lynch. Number nine, Houston St. Pius. And number 10, Nolan Catholic out of Fort Worth. Walk a lot. Yet again, I always say these these make relative sense looking at them. Um, I think a point of contention might be Antonian Prep over Plano Preston Wood. Your thoughts clearing any of that up?
2: Yeah, I think it's gonna be. Um, that's the only one that you can like kind of be like, okay, what does that mean? But you know, you know, San Antonio Antonian Prep is six and one. Preston was five and two. We kind of went with the higher seed. And Prescott and Antonio's playing some really good football against some good public schools. Um, you know they've been really good in district. And man, you know St. Thomas is very high up there for a reason. But Antonio doesn't look bad at all. Prestonwood, I still also isn't bad at all. Um, and you know these the top four. You know we have them where they have them right now. It might be switching at the end of the, by the end of the season.
1: Yeah, no, it is certainly interesting. But that is Taps Division One. We now move on to Taps Division Two, where we see surprise, surprise Liberty Christian at number one, Fort Worth All Saints at number two, Austin Regents at number three, Grace Community at number four. Number five, Second Baptist Legacy out of Frisco is at number six, Midland Christian at number seven, Fort Bend Christian at number eight, the Woodlands Christian Academy at number nine, and Fort Worth Southwest Christian, a.k.a. SCS, at number 10. Yes. So, Walker, both of our teams uh, sneak into the top 10. That's that's not that's not biased. We actually are probably harder on our own teams oh, than anyone yeah. else is at the end of the day. But I mean, yeah, I there's not a lot I can really pick apart at this list. The only thing is maybe all Saints um is questionable over Regents after the close game against Midland. But at the end of the day, uh, they still have a lot of great wins on the resume. Your thoughts overall on D2?
2: I don't think it's questionable. I think all Saints thing he bounces back over SES, which is a good defense, a good squad and dominates them truly. So I, I don't think that's a question mark. I think Regents is still good, but they've always had questions about, you know, they don't play that many tough teams in their district. And, you know, they kind of have that fatigue going into the, you know, playoffs and all that. I think that number one and number two are good for their reasons. Three is really good as well. Um Grace community, I think that might be y'all's highest ranking since we've started doing the rankings. So, what for 40 years? This is the best squad y'all have had. Congratulations. But, um, yeah, I think I, we'll talk about this a little bit more because, of course, D2 is more like tough. Uh, yeah, Grace, I think deserves it. Number six, number versus number four this week, gonna be a good matchup. And yeah, I think that's a really good Division Two rankings.
1: I will say this is cool to me because I specifically remember in high school, um, whenever I would see, I didn't even really know who the this is when he was. This is when Texas private school football guy I was Texas taps guy. Yes, and I we would see his rankings, and I would see we'd be like ranked in the top ten in the state and D two, and I'd like be like, this is awesome. This yeah. is like number one. Someone's talking about us, and number two, right. like we're ranked. This is it. Just it, I, I have that same feeling. I hope that the guys feel the same way uh, whenever you see you're ranked on these lists. It's just it, it's part of the reason why we do it. It makes it fun for everyone. You got the guy doing rankings. You have us doing rankings. It's just at the end of the day, it's our purpose for what we do is to get more coverage for everyone and to make this, you know, a little bit more fun, but that tangent aside, we now move on into our top 10 for division three and division four. Dallas Christian is number one Dallas first Baptist, a D four team is number two, maybe the highest the D four teams ever been. I don't know if Levitt Christian ever got up to number two last year, but Trinity Christian Lubbock at number three. Cypress Christian, number four. Lubbock Christian, number five. Sacred Heart Hallettsville, number six. San Antonio Holy Cross, number seven. Fort Worth Lake Country, number eight. Brook Hill, number nine. Covenant Christian out of Colleyville. Oh, Colleyville, that was the East uh, Texas uh, came yeah. out. The, the East Texas came out on that one. I tried to hide it at number 10. So Walker lot. Um again, this, this makes sense. Um, I think TCS over Cyprus could be a point of contention, but outside yeah. of that, a lot of that makes sense to me.
2: Yeah, no, uh, I think that's the only one that you can really talk about. Even Lubbock, you know, Lubbock is five and one or something like that, maybe six and one, but um, you know, that's another one being at number five, but also watch, kind of watch out for Hellsville, Sacred Heart, maybe sneaking up the race a little bit. You know, they're, they're really, really good. I think they're seven and oh this year. I don't think they've lost the game, and that's the best team in the South in the South and Division Four for a reason. So,
1: yeah, absolutely. Um. Yeah, I I think good rankings overall. But we have one more to recap. The SBC top 10. At number one, Houston St. John's. At number two, Bel Air Episcopal. number three are the Kincaid Falcons. Number four is Houston Christian. Number five is Trinity Valley. Number six is ESD. Number seven is St. Mark's. Number eight are the Dragons of John Cooper. Number nine is Fort Worth Country Day. And number 10, their inaugural ranking on our list. Green Hill out of Addison. Shout out to them. So... Walker, um, I think some people will be upset that EHS isn't number one at the end of the day. St. John's beat them, which again you could you could use for EHS to be ranked of a parish in the overall rankings. Long story short, um, a little more cut and dry in the SBC. St. John's hasn't lost a district game. EHS has. Um, any anything you want to poke at in the SBC rankings?
2: Oh, yeah. I think this is really good. I mean, yeah, TVS, you could talk about are they the you know 3A versus EST 4A but I think that's right man uh and shout out to Green Hill man what KJ KJ Williams is doing over there is should not be unnoticed it is very very impressive shout out to them and Green Hill man and the players too being able to buy into a new coach and a new program in year 1 and be like okay this we're the past is the past we're we're building the future and this is the present. We're going to build up the present, and I I'm just very very impressed, man. Usually it takes a couple of years, and it will take a couple of years for Green Hill, but I think seeing the impressive wins and close losses they've had this year, it's it's awesome to see.
1: Yeah, it certainly is. Shout out to Green Hill. Shout out to all the teams that made the SBC rankings. It is fantastic to see all them on there. So. That being said, Walker, it is time to pick some football games, but not before we hear a word from our sponsor, High Point Signs and Apparel. Listen, we're we've we've beaten this to death. Um, it was so incredibly daunting looking at a task like launching our own merch line. Um, it, it was scary. Like we didn't have a lot of a lot of direction or a lot of experience in this, and you think, oh, this is gonna take so long, these people are gonna be so booked and hard to work with. Not at all with high point signs and apparel. The transition was seamless. Everyone was super receptive to ideas that we had, and they really made a vision that we had come to life. Listen, they don't miss deadlines. They provide exceptional customer service. They will meet or beat any price, and they create online stores that can provide your employees with apparel, or they can be profit centers. Walker, these guys are fantastic. We've said it over and over. We don't endorse products that we specifically don't use. These guys are fantastic. What do you have to say about High Point Signs and Apparel?
2: No, they're awesome, man. They're the best. And uh, you know, I we loved working with them in the past. We're gonna to continue to work with them in the future. Um, there's nothing more I can say, man. You 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 said it all right. Uh it's awesome, man. They're they do great work. If you need playoff shirts, if you need signs, anything you need for the playoffs and for your teams, whether that's football, volleyball, basketball, baseball, golf, tennis, swim, any of those sports you need, they can help you out there, man. So shout out high points, shout out to high point signs and apparel.
1: Absolutely. So, all that being said, well, first of all, you can go to the link in our description. We have High Point Signs and Apparel's link there. Go to them, check them out; they are fantastic. But shout out to them for sponsoring this episode. All that being said, Walker, let let's uh, let's pick some games with a special guest righty, I told you we were going to pick games with a special guest, special guest. You have Jack close Welcome back to the program. But before we, uh, we pick some games, we got, as always, the SBC playoff picture is just absolutely fantastic and chaotic. First of all, how are you doing? How's New York? Second of all, what do we need to know about the SBC playoff picture?
0: Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. As always, it's a pleasure to be back on here. This is my second time doing this this season, hopefully not the last, <laughs> um, New York is good working with uh, working with the Columbia Athletics department with the football team which is a lot of fun doing some game day operation stuff. That's all fun uh, games and I'm enjoying that, but now it's time to turn our attention to the SPC playoff picture. So we're going to start with 4A quickly. As it stands, mm-hmm. Kincaid is 2 and 0, St. John's is 2 and 0, Episcopal is 2 and 1, ESD is 0 and 2, St. Mark's is 0 and 3. So St. Mark's is out and ESD most likely is out. The two most likely scenarios in terms of the 4A playoff picture depend on Kincaid and Episcopal. If Kincaid wins this Friday against Episcopal, and if St. John's beats the Episcopal School of Dallas, both St. John's and Kincaid would be going into title, or er, excuse me, would be going into week 10 at 3-0. There's a couple different ways this could go. In 2011, a similar situation happened. Kincaid and Episcopal were both, excuse me, Kincaid and St. John's were both undefeated going into week 10, and they played that game as the SPC championship game. Mm. Now, I'm not sure if history will repeat itself there, but that's one possibility. Another possibility, is St. John's and Kincaid could just play back-to-back weeks, or maybe they could make some sort of alternative arrangement. I'm not privy to exactly what's the plan there. So that's the scenario number one that's probably most likely. The other scenario that that is also somewhat likely is if Episcopal beats Kincaid and St. John's beats ESD, Kincaid would have to win against St. John's in week 10. If that were the case, you would have three teams at three and one. Then it would be a three-way tie, and the two teams with the best point differential within the Kincaid Episcopal game, the St. John's Episcopal game, and the Kincaid St. John's game. The two best teams out of those three would make the title game. Where it gets really wild is if St. John's loses to ESD, Kincaid beats Episcopal and Mm -hmm. Kincaid beats St. John's. Then there would be a three-way tie between ESD, Episcopal and St. John's at two and two. Whoever had the best point differential out of those three, again, within those games, would be Episcopal ESD, St. John's ESD, and Episcopal St. John's. Whoever has the best point differential out of those three would then play Kincaid for the title game. And the final scenario, and I just want to check my notes, because I wrote this out. Um, and maybe had a little bit of help
2: talking No one to no people. one else does this for yet. <laughs> like, No, This guy is the best that there is. Just everyone understands that. Continue, please.
0: I got I gotta I gotta try. So the final one would be Episcopal beats Kincaid and St. John's loses to ESD. Okay. Then the winner of that would, the, the winner of that uh, would likely go to the title game. Cause then Episcopal would be three and one Kincaid and St. John's would be two and one going into week 10. The winner of that would be three and one, the loser of that would be week or would be two and, um, two. Two, and two. That's correct. So personally i think the first two scenarios i mentioned are probably most likely i mentioned the the final two just you know to be to be fun and to think about it but i think what you're i i, I don't think it's not a game we're picking but um but i'll give my pick i don't think st john's uh loses to esd this friday um i think no. st john's is the better team esd is at a huge disadvantage playing at st john's mm. um and i and i think that st john's offense is going to respond well from you know, what was a pretty big loss to Legacy. Um, but, you know, that's why you play non conference games to get prepped for conference games. So I think the two most likely scenarios are either Kincaid and St. John's both win, or St. John's wins and Kincaid wins. And then that would force Kincaid to to win uh, Week 10. If St. John's wins Week 10, then it's a St. John's Episcopal SBC Championship would be a rematch. So that about does it for SBC 4A. There's a lot of moving parts. There's certainly a conversation to maybe be had about how to make this more fair because you're gonna have three teams that are you know pretty neck and neck and somebody's gonna be you know the odd man out but it's a little more simple when we move to SPC 3A. So Houston Christian has Cistercian and Oak Ridge the next two weeks and it's a foregone conclusion that you know they're probably gonna win both of those games. And then this Friday, Cooper plays at Trinity Valley. The winner of that um will most likely play Houston Christian Trinity Valley could go and beat Cooper and then lay an egg against country day, but they would still have the head to head over Cooper. So all that to say, um, I think that that one's going to work a little more simply, but there's, it's a lot of fun and I can't wait to get into it. Can't wait to see what happens as always. I'll be pulling for my Falcons, but you know, it'll be interesting. It'll be a lot of fun. Should be another, a great three week stretch guys.
1: Jack, first of all, fantastic! Some of the some of the best, hardest-hitting analysis that we that we have during the season. Also, I can't fault you for being biased towards Kincaid. Um, at any time that Grace is brought up on this program, as you will see here, uh, when I when I pick their game here in a, in a couple, couple minutes. I, I have to, especially when grace is good. Like I, I can't, I've got to lean into it. It's a fun time, but I will say this is the last thing we'll hit on regarding um, the SPC playoff format. Do you think it would be a good idea? And then following up on that, do you think it'll ever be implemented um, a 14 playoff for SBC. That feels like the most intuitive situation to have, you know, the top four, see the top four teams have a semifinal and a final game. That feels like it would be more fair to me. Is there any reason to think otherwise?
0: Uh, so there's a couple ways of looking at it. We're going to have to go into a quick little history lesson. K- SBC did have a 14 playoff from 2012 to 2015. Hmm. At that time, they had what was called large school and small school. Right. But you would play, but district play, you'd play against large school and small school teams. So in 2015, Kincaid played against like Cistercian was in their district. Mm. And St. Mark's was not in their district. So mm. it was a large school, small school. All Saints was in this at the time. Cassidy yeah. was in this at the time. Holland Hall was in this at the time. So I think the last year they did the playoff picture, the four teams in the large school playoff were Country Day, St. Mark's, Episcopal, and Kincaid. Kincaid ended up winning that. And then what happened was they got rid of that, and at the time they were only playing a nine-game regular season instead of a ten-game that most teams play now. Although some teams do play nine games and uh, uh, use a bye week. I'm used to not. I'm used to not using a bye week. Um, that was something we never did when I was at Kincaid. Something that probably never happened at Kincaid, which I, I kind of like. I liked playing every week. I like you know give the guys as many games as possible. Um, and then in 2016, they divided up into SBC 4A and 3A by uh, by classification. And at that time, SBC 4A began as Kincaid, St. Mark's, ESD, St. John's, Episcopal, Houston Christian, and All Saints. All Saints was booted from SBC or left. I don't know too, too much about that. I think they were booted. And then they went and played India after 2016. And in 2017, it moved down. the one, And then 2018 and 19, Green Hill moved up. Which was not a good decision because I don't Green Hill didn't win, didn't win a compre- didn't win a district game. In fact, Green Hill won their first district game. They beat Oak Ridge last week. They won their first district game since November fourth, twenty seventeen. Put that in context, I was in eighth grade in November fourth of twenty seventeen. And I'm a sophomore in college now. So that's you know, that's a big throwback. Um, and then Houston Christian dropped out after the twenty twenty one season. Um, so now you're down to a five team playoff. So I think it would be interesting if they did it to my knowledge with SPC realignment coming up and there is going to be a little bit of shakeup in that, but that's for, that's probably for a future episode. Um, There will be a little bit of shakeup as near as I can tell, but I haven't heard anything to them adding a 14 playoff back. My preference would be to do, do some sort of a 14 playoff or to, you know, maybe do kind of, you know, it's tough because, you know, there are some teams that really can't compete against Episcopal and Kincaid, but at the same time, some people are getting left out. So I think there's there's a better way to do it. Um, but I would like to see probably a, a second round of playoffs like there used to be because that let teams like Kincaid in 2015 sneak in and end up winning a title. I think it's more fair that way. Last week, we had four teams finish with seven wins each in ESD, St. John's, Episcopal, and Kincaid. So I think that would have worked a lot better last year. This year, it's only three teams because ESD has taken a step back. But um, that's kind of where I, I stand on that issue. It's interesting. Coaches kind of go from who I've talked to and SBC kind of go back and forth on it. I think there are pros and cons to both. But I think it's more fair to the guys and more of a playoff experience because, you know, it's like, you know, if you're just the top two teams, some people are getting left out. And it's fun to play more than one playoff game.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think part of the reason, and again, it's apples to oranges, but I think part of the reason March Madness is so fun is you get these big upsets because you know you're you, it's so many teams. I think when you condense a playoff format down to two teams for a one game championship, it it leaves out any sense of of chaos, which we talk so extensively about in the SPC. I think it would probably benefit from a fourteen playoff, but who am I to speculate on that? It's it's something that the people with more credentials than me will decide in the future, but. Fantastic discussion regarding SPC playoff picture. It's it's great as always. But Jack, if you are ready, and Walker Lot, if you were also ready, let's get into some games of the week. Starting with number eight, Fort Bend Christian Academy at number nine, The Woodlands Christian Academy. Fort Ben Christian is a twenty-seven and a half point favorite. Episodic disclaimer: We don't make the spreads. Fort Ben Christian will travel north to the Woodlands in a battle to determine second place in District Two, Division Four. It is no secret Fort Christian has struggled up to this point in the year, but they're on the downhill slide of their schedule outside of the Woodlands Christian Academy. Only Kelly and Katie St. John's remain. Averaging less than two touchdowns a game, this offense has struggled, but there still are high points, such as Ramarian Tillman is a beast, and running behind Volcomit Bennett Warren, he should feast on a team that gave up six rushing touchdowns to Grapevine Faith. Listen, if Jack Malone can hit Tyler Curry... Max Granville early and get his timing down I feel like that could open up the offense even more and adding in Granville and Ivan Jimmy Duxworth on the defensive line I have to take Fort Ben Christian in this one it might be ignorant to take a two and five team here but I have reason to believe that they'll figure it out at some point this season I still like Duke High's Gunnar Auckland and Grayson Boker but I'm sliding with the Eagles here give me Fort Ben Christian Walker a lot
2: I'm going to go get something. So, uh, Jack, I'm handing it off to you. Go. Got
1: yeah, close. Like.
0: Wes, uh, I'm with you. Um, I think with uh, with Bennett Warren and Max Granville and Ivan Jimmy Ducksworth, like you mentioned, leading the charge. I think Fort Bend just has too much talent. And, you know, what's going to help them along the way is they did play a tougher schedule. They played Iowa Colony out of Arcola, which is an up and coming four a program randall with uh which is an up-and-coming 5a program they play tca addison um they're 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 a you know they they're having some growing pains losing brady dever and braylon gardoni and some of those guys is tough but you know at the same time they have some they have some really talented athletes and it shows based on you know what kind of offers these kids are garnering um twca is kind of in that you know, kind of middle point, they have lost to a team and, you know, and Pius, which was a little surprising to me because Pius has been down, but all, and you know, they, they lost to Faith as well, who's also been a little down. So, you know, for those reasons, I'm going to have to take Fort Bend. I think coach Jordan Black has done a great job of that program, obviously winning a title last year. And, you know, even with a, even with a tough loss to second Baptist last week, um, you know they, they Fort Bend showed they had a nice win over Lutheran South and I, I think they're going to get uh TWCA this Friday.
1: Yeah, I absolutely do. I know that we've gotten Fort Bend Christian merch as I see that Walker is is grabbing shirts from his closet. I can't remember if Walker got TWCA merch. Um, so I don't know. I'm going to have to guess. This is going to be a Fort Ben Christian per merch pick. Um, I'm not entirely sure. I, you know what Walker a lot. I'm done. I'm done rambling. Uh, tell the people who you're going with.
2: Um, (laughs) this is a fun one guys. Um, looking at the colors here today, we have battle of green and yellow right here in, uh, uh, two green and yellow schools, one on the up and up great talent. This is going to be a battle of division one caliber talent on both sides of the ball. It's going to be interesting to watch. Um, But, you know, I'm guessing you both pick, took for Ben in this one, I'm going to guess. Correct. That's correct. You know, Jordan Black has been so good to me, and the whole coaching stuff has been so good to me, so I have to choose. Psych, I'm chicken, T- TWCA. Um, <laughs> go Warriors. Let's go. Let's go Warriors, baby. Let's go. TWCA. I'm going with Gunnar Auckland,
1: Duke Hezi, Grayson Boker. Grayson Boker,
2: uh Jonathan Vidal at quarterback. This team is very good. I'm excited to watch them play. I'm going with the upset. I'm going to go with TWCA finally takes a rightful spot at the second place in District District 4. So, uh give me give me the Warriors, baby.
1: walker first of all uh thank you for diversifying our picks we're not all on one side second of all if there is a guy that i would not want to fake out in a podcast it's probably jordan black because he is one of the scariest human beings i've ever encountered (laughs) So so if this comes back to bite you just know i'm not backing you up in a fight against jordan black you're on your own there
2: What's even better, guys, is I will be at this game Friday night, ladies and gentlemen. I will be at this game, and I am so excited for that one. Uh, You want to know something even funnier? What, man?
1: I got a text from Brady Dever uh, yesterday saying – can y'all go and cover a Fort Bend game? Um, guys have been texting me, uh, asking me to get y'all out there. So, Fort Bend Christian kids want you there, and you just psyched them all out on this episode.
2: I absolutely did. It's gonna be at TWCA, it's gonna be a good one. Give me the Warriors. Hey, Fort Bend, prove me wrong. Prove me wrong.
1: I would stay on TWCA sideline if I were you,
2: Grayson. Hey. Grayson Boker, give me a couple sacks here tomorrow, baby. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling good about this one. Auckland, I know who you can be. Give me a couple sacks, man. This defense is going to come to play tomorrow.
1: Bennett, you know I have always had y'all's back, first and foremost, on this podcast. I advise you to do the opposite of what Walker Lott has said, but – all that being said, we will move into a game for the top of Division II District Two, number six, Legacy Christian out of Frisco at number four, Grace Community. Grace Community is a 21 and a half point favorite according to Massey ratings. Eagles, Cougars, Friday night, Tyler Texas, the battle for the District Two Championship. Grace is 7-0 and Legacy 6-1 heading into the matchup. Both teams beat up on inferior competition in the non-district and have cleaned up on the bottom feeders of this conference. Except for Faith, that's not a shot at you. That's more of a Coram Deo. um, uh, Who's the other? I don't know. More of a Coram Deo (laughs) shot. But I'm not wasting time here. Here's why Grace is going to win this game. Grant Turner can't be stopped. You can only hope to contain him. Mm. If you key on him, Davis is going to bomb to heck on your head top. Harmon and Taylor are going to bash your skull in if you try to run up the middle, and Heck is going to come in on the defensive side and earhole you if you try any cute crossing routes. Shock them forever. Grace community, grace community, grace community, ready to roll. Grace community wins this game. Grace community wins district for a second straight year. Walker Lott, tell me why I'm wrong.
2: I'm not going to tell you what I'm wrong. I'm going to flip it again. Jack, go again.
0: I know. I'm man, I'm ri- I, man, I'm riding with grace community. Um, I, I got it right against Faith. The uh, past uh, – the, the other week, um, I think, you know, we talked about – the last time we talked about Grace maybe playing a not-so-great schedule. You want to talk about not-great schedules, and all due respect to Ryan Schroeder's alma mater, Legacy Christian has played one of the weakest non-conference schedules that I've seen in private school football. I mean, they played a home school. They played Oak Ridge. They played St. John the 23rd, and they played Cistercian. And I mean, a win is a win. And look, that program with coach Doug Hicks has taken a great, a great step forward. And in fact, their former offensive coordinator a guy named Colt Peavy is the offensive coordinator at Lipscomb Academy in Tennessee was a really good school. That's where uh, Trent Dilfer was the coach. I believe Mm. before he went to UAB and they have some very talented pieces. I know that they had a kid that they sent to uh, uh, Ole Miss who's uh, took a PWO there who actually friends with a good friend of the podcast, David Cody, who now goes Mm. to Ole Miss Um, so that's not to knock legacy because from where they were the past couple of years, they've taken immeasurable steps forward. And that starts with the coaching staff. And, you know, they had, they had another coaching change. Um, but Coach Hicks over there has done a great, great job. So that's not to knock them there. But I think, you know, the games at Grace, which, you know, making that trek from Tyler – or, excuse me, from the Metroplex to East Texas is – can always be a little treacherous. A much but prettier
1: I, place to play, might I add.
0: I, I haven't spent any time in Frisco, Texas, so <laughs> I couldn't tell you. I have played – I have spent some time in Tyler up in the Piney Woods, and it is it is quite beautiful up there. Absolutely. Um, Tyler actually has a special place in my heart. My younger brother won a uh, Little League uh, Texas State Championship at Faulkner Park, and Tyler, my brother, represented the 2018 team that went to the Little League World Series. That's a little fun fact I don't think I've mentioned on here.
1: I, wow. I grew up playing little league ball at Faulkner park. I spent about 10 years of my life playing ball there. That is, that is awesome. It's a go.
0: very cool venue. Um, and, and so Tyler does hold a special place in my heart, but um, at the same time, I think like you mentioned, Grant Turner, you know, th- there was that, there's that tweet on Twitter that are, I think maybe our good friend, no context did uh, regarding uh how Grant was going to perform against Corem Deo and uh, our friend, no context was, was, make, was making some pretty good predictions there. Um, and for those reasons, I got to take grace. I think they're the top team in the district. Um, and I think, I think they're going to take care of business. They might even get a playoff game win this year.
1: You never know. I, I would like to see that very much Walker lot, your thoughts on the contest.
0: So I am, I'm am
2: summoning the ghost of Ryan Schroeder here for this pick. He has been gone for many weeks for a whole season he has been gone he has been out in the woods we don't know where he is but i'm going to in spooktober october 16th so close to friday the 13th i'm going to summon ryan Schroeder.
3: what's up I don't, what's I don't up with witchcraft yeah no, that's that's a lot that's a lot going on right now uh <laughs> i got a i got a crew in the back we got we got a whole whole squad but um What's up, y'all? I'm here. I'm here to pick a pretty important game, a game that I would never miss. I am the pick of Walker Lott. Basically, I saw Legacy play, Legacy play Liberty um, in a battle of two undefeated teams. I, I I gathered a lot of information there. Basically, the information I gathered was that Legacy is, uh, is pretty good against every other team besides Liberty. Um, but no, it was overall, it was a good game. And if I had to say um, who I think is going to win this Legacy Grace matchup, we're talking about two teams that um, I've faced each other a lot over the years. Um, I, you know, I, I've done some time in Tyler myself, um, for a variety of other sports, AKA riding the bench for soccer. Um, but I think, I think that's, that's all that needs to be said. So, um, I like, like as always, man, what most years I would go against legacy. They're red hot right now. You know what I'm saying? I got to go with my Eagles. I got to go with my Eagles against the Cougars. It's been like this for years. And it'll be like that this weekend. So give me legacy against grace. Um, I don't know. Wes Tulsa doesn't know what he's talking about. He doesn't know what he's talking about.
2: Whoa. Did you see that man? Oh, that I heard a ghost- voice. Yeah. The ghost of Ryan Schroeder appeared. I told you we would get him on this, this season. We would. Um, and yeah, here he is. So thank you to the ghost of Ryan Schroeder for appearing uh, for picking it. I am absolutely going to pick uh legacy Christian in this matchup. You know, uh, what are your Grace Cougars after the other game? We against Grapevine Faith. He said I took that personally. Okay, you about to take this L personally too? Give me for uh, Frisco Legacy. Give me this one. Sorry, Gr- sorry, Wes can't go. GT,
1: get you this one. GT, Dylan, Blake, y'all hear that? All right, all right. I want that. I want that clipped. <laughs> I want to. I want that in the locker room. But I mean, all, all that to say, um, it's gonna be a good game. Oh, I, I love I, it's it. With it's Grace gonna be Cougars.
2: a great one. Yeah.
1: Legacy, and again, I didn't talk much to Legacy. They're fantastic. They, I like seeing them be competitive. It's going to be a great game. We've already spent a lot of time on it, but very excited. If I wasn't going to be at the best Division Four IV game I've ever seen or had the opportunity to cover, I'd absolutely be in Tyler this weekend. So good luck to my Grace community. Cougars go shock the world. Moving on into the next game. Uh, it's actually, it's John Cooper at Trinity Valley, the number eight versus the number four team. Trinity Valley is a 14 and a half point favorite. A trip to the SBC 3A title game is on the line Friday in Fort Worth as the Dragons try to complete the turnaround of the century. Jack Klosek, you're a little more well-versed with SPC than I am. Uh, tell us what we need to know about John Cooper going to Trinity Valley.
0: Yeah, Wes, so John Cooper has done wonders since they started the season 0-3. I don't think any of us thought even though we may have predicted that John Cooper was going to be down. I did not have them dropping three straight to TWCA, Cypress Christian, and even St. Mark's. And St. Mark's has proved to have not a great season at all. But, you know, they bounced back strong, took care of business. They had a little bit of a scare against Green Hill, but took care of business against Cistercian and Oak Ridge, and then won a close one against Fort Worth Country Day, where Dean Calhoun showed why he's one of the best running backs in his class in private school. He took that game into his hands. Great players um, take control of the game late. And, you know, as Walker Lott has mentioned on here before, Dean Calhoun showed out and showed why he's such a great player. So with all that aside, Trinity Valley, since losing to Houston Christian, has, hasn't has really played anybody. Um, and anybody that they've played, they have just demolished. They played St. Andrews last week, who's an, um, who's an independent team. Uh, in SPC right now. They're an SPC school, but they're playing an independent like freelance schedule. They've taken care of Oak Ridge and Green Hill and Cistercian. Um, But I'm still bullish on Trinity Valley behind Gavin Parker, Ben Nagishu, whose production maybe not quite. I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, it's two really talented running backs between Dean Calhoun and Ben Nagishu, but somebody that can rival Calhoun's performance on the ground, Jacob Maynard, Will Scott, Carter Lay, all those guys and the talent that Trinity Valley has, you know, even though Santiago Fernandez is coming back and Dean Calhoun has been a presence this entire year, I think Trinity Valley gets it done in Fort Worth. John Cooper's, we've talked about, has to make that trek up I-45 to Fort Worth. And I think Trinity Valley wins. I think Trinity Valley wins in the battle of Brian Irvin the following week. And I think that Houston Christian will have to win a title game once again um in the metroplex the game will be that game if i'm not mistaken will be held in ullis at where uh, the trinity trojans play um i got trinity valley winning this and making the title game for the second straight year guys
1: yeah i mean i i agree i like trinity valley a lot it's listen with the way john cooper's turned around it wasn't an automatic pick for me um, especially with Trinity Valley dropping that game to Houston Christian. And John Cooper played Houston Christian pretty close. Like it's not a foregone conclusion in my mind. A stat I thought was interesting. Santiago sophomore quarterback, Santiago Fernandez, started the season for the Dragons. He um he made his first appearance last week since September the 8th against St. Mark's. It appears, and again, I'm just saying what the stats on Max Preps tells me. I have no sources, could be wrong. He didn't appear in a game from Um, September the 8th until last week I'm assuming he was hurt and freshman Colson Collins took over in his absence and they split reps last week listen regardless of what the story is there I really like Parkhurst facing off against a freshman or a sophomore quarterback, especially if they're if they're switching around. I like having the steady hand in Parkhurst. I also listen. Dean Calhoun's going to get the majority of the attention here. I Ben Nagyshu is one of the most impressive guys I saw on that field when I covered Trinity Valley. He apparently he spent a lot of time in the weight room this this past summer. He looks like it. The dude is an absolute man. All that being said, I, I think if May Nord and the defense could come to play, it, the the offense will do its thing for Trinity Valley. Long been Way of saying is I like Trinity Valley in this game. Walk a lot. You siding with your hometown, or are you going down to Houston?
2: Uh, you know, you said a lot, so I'll keep it short and sweet. Funky Town, Texas, and this one, give me the Trojans. That's,
1: That's fair. Cool. I I it's I, I like that a lot. Moving on into another SBC game that I would be remiss to let anyone. Take over except Jack Closek Kincaid, the number three team in the SBC, travels to EHS, the number two team in the SBC. EHS is a 14 and a half point favorite in this one. Jack Klosek, let's hear what we need to hear.
0: Talons <laughs> up, baby. Get your talons up. Let's see, I keep this for special occasions, and I'll be wearing this Friday night. My team issues, travel shirt, go Falcons. Kincaid has taken care of business all season long. Um, There are a lot of doubters, but their defense is proving why it's one of the best in private school. They can hang with anybody. They held St. Thomas to 28 points, which is beyond impressive. They beat Archbishop Shaw from New Orleans, who beat Archbishop Rommel for the first time in, you know, I think 15 years took care of business against Second Baptist, you know, just in a different league than St. Mark's and ESD, um, you know, beat Little Cypress-Mauriceville, a, a solid 4A program from from Orange, Texas, 54 to 14, and hung with Jasper for a lot of the game. Jasper was a top-10 ranked team in week one. Um, Episcopal is going give, to give them, you know, some good work. You know, uh, Carson Gordon, Raylan Thompson, you know, we've been over it. They're a team loaded with talent, but they have some holes, as St. John's showed us. Um, and I think with Kincaid's offense coming along and how well their defense played, if St. John's, whose defense is kind of their Achilles heel-ish, I don't want to throw my man Coach McKay under the bus because that that's my dude and his team has taken – his defense has taken many, many strides forward and a lot of their guys are very, very young and this is their first year playing varsity but at the same time if, if they can hold episcopal to 32 points and McKay who is a disciple of coach Larned was on staff at Kinkade as i've mentioned for many years what is and McKay is a Kincaid alum Larned coach Larned is going to get his defense right um, and they're going to they're going to shut it down and the offense behind David Capobianco who has emerged as the starter Cooper Chambers gets some reps but Cooper Chambers is playing both ways right now he's playing uh, He's playing uh, defensive back as well. So they have, you know, from, from watching from watching some of their games, they have, they'll have they put Cooper Chambers back there if they're maybe doing some more run stuff. But David Capobianco is getting the majority of the stuff, and he looks a lot better than he did in the beginning of the season. David, you know, was our newcomer of the year for a reason. Um, it's a really solid quarterback. And Miles Rader last week made a candidacy for, you know, the built Ford Tough Texas private school play, football player of the week. You know, had 300-plus all-purpose yards, three touchdowns, uh, you know, um, and, you know, also getting some reps defensively. You know, was a, you know, def- defensive player of the year in uh, in the Padilla poll for SPC and now turns around and gets it done on offense. A really underrated prospect, even with how talented Episcopal is and getting back Carson Fowler. Um, and I think Jackson Renucci may be back as well. Don't quote me on that. Um, and, you know, having an, a, a week to reset against St. Mark's, I think Kincaid gets it done at Episcopal, ending Episcopal season.
1: That That's interesting. I like all that a lot. What is interesting to me when we break down the stats a little bit, there's kind of a clear cut formula to be Episcopal. You have a dominant run attack and you keep the ball from them. We saw it work. Last year, the state championship, we saw it work with St. John's this year. EHS lost to St. John's because of a star running back averaging 10 yards per carry on 30 carries. Can Miles Rader be that guy? Last time EHS and Kincaid faced off, Micah Bell carried the ball 44 times for 209 yards, averaging five yards a carry. Two stats for this game, 35 carries, six yards per carry. Rader hits those two marks and Kincaid wins the game. Will that happen? Is the question. I don't know. And this pick kills me because I hate to ever pick against Kincaid in this spot because it scares the living fill in the blank out of me. I the game's a coin flip, in my opinion. And I'm going to take the team that has no excuse to lose this game in EHS. I'm gonna start, I'm gonna side with Episcopal. Looking on paper, there is no reason that Episcopal should lose this game. The game's not played on paper, though. We will see. Listen, Carson Gordon is one of the most insane athletes I've ever seen in my life. Braylon Thompson is two. B.J. Thomas is fantastic. Uh, Mad Morgan, at linebacker. Literally, the team is stacked with D1 talent. Again, the game is a coin flip. If EHS loses this game, serious, serious questions will come of it. I have to take EHS in this game, though. Walker lot.
2: I really thought you were going to go the other way on that. Um, I, I almost
1: talked myself so, into it.
0: So did I.
2: <laughs> um, Man, you know, this was a game that last year, you talked about the last year how Michael Bell carried the ball 44 times. I talked about it many times in the off season, the preseason, and during the season. How demoralizing that loss could be for a football team. Getting the drive that was around what, what, Jack, 15 minutes?
0: 15 minutes. I think it spanned like from, you know, like 11 minutes left in the, or no, eight minutes left in the third quarter to like five minutes left in the, Maybe, I, I can't really do the math off the top of my head, but it was a, it was a long drive.
2: And it ended in a field goal. Like, yes. like, uh, uh, it does so, like, that is one of the worst ways to lose a football game I've ever seen, is not being able to stop the run three yards at a time, just over and over and over, and just, it, that hurts any team. I've said it for the many year, many times this offseason, preseason, like I just said, how does that affect the team? If you were good, it, you 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 think of that and be like that will never happen again, and then like you just said, St. John's happens where Cole Allen, the superstar that he is, runs the ball all over them, and then they win the game. I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna I'm going to hope EHS learns from their mistakes and be able to stop the run. I'm gonna go EHS. I'm going to say this clearly. To I hope EHS does not forget what happened last year. If they do, I mean, I, won't, I hate, like you just said, Wes, going against Larned is one of the worst decisions any man can make in their life because he knows how to coach a game and he knows how to run SPC. But kind of like your thing, there should not be a reason EHS loses this game. They have the talent on their side. The, the the ball players, if you like you said, if Renucci is back, that is huge for Bel Air. Um, I don't know for sure, but I'm
0: not sure about that. I may have seen that.
2: Okay. I'm not sure. Anyways, like Barti, Logan, uh, Logan Barti, BJ Thomas is playing well, Gavin Sampson, everyone. They're playing good football right now. EHS, I hope, remembers that pain they had last year. And I'm going to hope that they do and take that and say, not this time. We're not letting you do it this time. And I'm gonna go with the, the knights
1: in this one.
0: According to Twitter, Renucci is back. So I was right on that.
1: That is huge. No, yeah, no excuse. Um, yeah, yeah, Walker. You you can tell the absolute fear um for both of us in this pick. I I, I don't like it. Anytime I have to pick against Kincaid, I don't like it, even when every sign and analytic points towards the alternative. I'm gonna I'm gonna take EHS here. It's gonna be interesting.
2: It's, in a, but at e, it's at EHS too this time, right? It is at EHS. That's correct. Literally,
1: yeah. We'll see.
2: And it's, a, it's, and it's
0: Episcopal's EHS. final game of the year as well. So
1: it's a whole lot of whole lot of factors in play here. But we will recap that game next week, and I'll be sweating it out while it happens. I'll also be sweating it out while I am covering Lubbock Christian at Dallas First Baptist on site in Dallas. That is the number five ranked. Uh, D3, D4 team and the number two ranked in Lubbock Christian First Baptist. Lubbock Christian is a 19 and a half point favorite in this game. The two top dogs in D4 will square off on Friday as the Eagles travel east to the Metroplex to battle the Saints. Lubbock Christian is nearly perfect on the year, an open district with a 55 to nothing shellacking of my old hated rival, Tyler TK Gorman. Quarterback Welker Horn is out for at least a month following an injury sustained against Sunray. Wide receiver slash safety slash whatever you need to play on the defense. Luke Lee has stepped in at quarterback, accounted for four touchdowns in the win versus Gorman last week. And wide receiver Joseph Fernahue, that's probably as close as I'm going to get, will be a threat to the Saints secondary. You factor in guys like Day-Day Atkins and Brady Simmons toting the rock, and it's easy to see why Lubbock Christian is outscoring their opponents 314 to 106 on the season. However, McCoy, Sadu Robinson, Mitchell, Kaysen, nobody has stopped this air attack this season, and it will face its toughest test here on Friday. Listen, there's going to be a billion points scored this game, but I think First Baptist scores just a few more. Give me the Saints in this matchup. I told uh, Coach LeBourne, for better or for worse, I'm not picking against Dallas First Baptist the rest of this season. Maybe that was slightly out of spite after they clowned me for, for not picking them week one, but... I, I love Dallas First Baptist. I also love Lubbock Christian. Regardless of the outcome, this game should be incredibly close. One of the most highly touted D four games that I have ever seen previewed. But I like the Saints here. Walker Law, your thoughts?
2: This is a huge one. Um, because this is a lot of implications. Because of course, in our opinion, this game will be played again in the semifinal matchup, whenever that is down the line. These are the two best teams. Sorry, field. you're probably number three in D D four but the offenses that both these teams have put up this year is insane. This also shows if one of these teams wins outright big, like outright, that is a statement for how division four will go this year. And it's going to lose morale for the other squad going into the rest of the season. Lubbock Christian without Welker Horn is huge. Welker Horn is one of the guy that when we, we saw him at the TXPS retreat, um, QB retreat, he impressed us at seven on seven against teams like, uh, they beat a lot of good teams in the, uh, the uh, UIL 7-on-7 tournament down in College Station. This squad is good. I'm very impressed to see how this team goes into this game. However, like you said, Wes, they, the receiving attack for First Baptist is insane. There's not many teams like it in all of TAPS and all of SBC and all of the state. Having three Division I guys on your squad is very, very impressive but I'm going to say a guy who I think is going to be the difference maker for the squad. I'm going to say it's Hunter McCoy. I think Hunter McCoy being at this squad and has found his rhythm throughout this year has been balling, I think is going to be the difference maker for the squad. He is a true threat and I would love to see, I'm going to pull up something. Yeah. Last year, Weatherford Christian with the helm of Hunter McCoy, put up 47 points on Lubbock Christian at home. He knows how to beat Lubbock Christian. Put up 47 on him. I think he gets his. I think he does it again this one. Give me, give me first, first Baptist in this one.
1: There we go. Jack Closec, Lubbock Christian, Dallas First Baptist. Your thoughts on our final matchup?
0: It's going to be a clean sweep, fellas. And I'm going to start with the one thing that you, that neither of you have talked about, which I thought was interesting. And that's our good old friend, the transitive property. Mm. Good old friend, which is, you know, can be. A
1: bit are of, you going to use? Are you going to use Riker?
0: I am not going to use Riker. I'm going to use a much better example than Bishop Riker. <laughs> I'm going to use Hyde Park. Mm. First of all, punching two levels—not one, but two levels—above your weight class says a lot about both of these programs in Lubbock Christian and First Baptist. You're able to go out and beat Hyde Park, who's a decent, um, you know, Division Two team. I think Phil Dawson is their head coach, who was the NFL. Punter and you know, Hyde Park had a huge turnaround last year. They're going to be a playoff team this year. That's very impressive. If you look at you know what constitutes a division four to a division two team, you know, and you're able to go out and win, very impressive. Says a lot about both these programs. However, Lubbock Christian against Hyde Park in week one was a much closer game, it was 30 to 20 in favor of Lubbock Christian. However, first baptist beat hyde park 47 to 15 with you know with their air attack three division one receivers you know lubbock christian has to make the trek to you know first baptist although i gotta say lubbock christian is a very well-traveled team i don't think it'll affect them as much as it affects others there you know there's an article in dave campbell's about about right. that team, which was actually really cool how they, you know, split up their they split up their travel and, you know, they make a make an excursion out of it and they, you know, have like a team Bible study, which is all, all that all that stuff is awesome and can really bring a team together. That's what that's about. But at the same time, I think First Baptist is too talented this year. Beating a solid Division II team, forty seven to fifteen, they didn't beat St. Anthony. You know they didn't beat you know St John the twenty third. They, they beat a, a solid team that's got a couple wins, forty seven to fifteen, led by a good good leader in Phil Dawson. Give me First Baptist for a clean sweep. Love it. I like that a lot.
1: Jack, are you? Uh, how many are you familiar with regressions and statistical analysis of that nature? Shh. i sure am wes okay well i'm glad you are as well it's kind of right up my alley i want to do a sort of research paper on bus fatigue and see if we can get some control variables in there and see if we can quantify bus fatigue i thought this i thought about this for about a year and a half now and i've tried to figure it out so one of these days we'll we'll do a joint txps effort on bus fatigue and see if we can nail that down how's that sound
0: you can use it you can use it as part of your graduate program
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they'll take that if I can wrap it to finance somehow, I'll figure it out. But yeah, no, I mean I think that's you know, I'm I'm nervous anytime we're all on one side of the aisle in terms of in terms of a game, but regardless, this is gonna be fantastic. Two incredible teams left in any division in taps, alone D four, it's gonna be fantastic. But Guys, that is actually all of the information we have to cover for this episode. Jack Klosek, first of all, thank you for coming on. Fantastic analysis, yep. as always. The best SPC mind in the game, if I do say so myself. But uh, any, any final words? Jack, I'll turn to you first. Any, anything you want to leave the people
0: with? Yeah, I, I'm excited for these next couple of weeks. Um, how SPC4 uh, it will shake out is very interesting think it'll be a great one this Friday night. Kincaid versus Episcopal is always a fun one. It's great for the communities of both schools. It's, you know, I have great memories from my games from it. I actually, I never lost to Episcopal as a varsity player. So, and, um, you know, I played with a lot, of, a lot of these guys that are seniors now at Kincaid. We had a lot of sophomores um, when I was a senior. So I'm really excited for those guys. I'm also, you know, I think what St. John's has done is very cool. I think they're going to get a nice win over ESD. Kincaid, St. John's, and Episcopal all being very competitive is awesome. At the same time, going down to 3A, um, what Houston Christian's done in their tournament going from 3-7 and seven to a team that's going to waltz into the title game with an undefeated district record is is unbelievable. Trinity Valley versus Houston Christian is going to be a very evenly matched game. Should Trinity Valley win, I don't want to count my chickens before they hatch. Um, but I think Trinity Valley is a really talented team. And I do I do think, you know, you know their window is this year, and you know, and next year they have some tw- some twenty because Parker's a twenty five and Nagishu's is a twenty five, um, so they have a little bit more on their window. But it's fun to see teams, you know, like Trinity Valley or Houston Christian or, um, you know, St. John's. For a lot of my time when I was at Kincaid, those were kind of bottom of the barrel teams. It's fun to see kind of the arc of it turned back. So I'm I'm excited as always, looking forward to uh, the space Friday night hopefully I'll be a happy man when Kincaid beats a
1: physical guys. Absolutely. That, that will hopefully, hopefully we're both happy with, hopefully <laughs> we're all three happy. Um, And, and, y- and y'all can win. Grace can win. And SCS can do the impossible against Liberty Christian <laughs> walk a lot. Any, anything you want to, you want to leave the people with,
2: man, we just, we just dropped a touchdown pass. Didn't get the Chargers right now. Cowboys, man, what are you doing? We, we're settling for three. Anyways, we'll, you'll know the result by the end of this. Anyways, I'm so scared about this week. Wes, we're going to get, you know, we talked about like how we're going against each other on picks. You got we got two in the major games of the week uh we that are going to be t- different ones, but uh man, it's going to be a fun week. This is going to be a fun one v- v- a lot of implications for a lot of things this week.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's uh it's going to be a fun time, but boys, I got a kayak to set up to go set on the Red River tomorrow, so we will Get out of here in a timely fashion. As always, I have been one third of your hosting crew. West Hallison, Walker Lot, and Jack Klosek have fantastically been themselves. We will see you in the next episode. See you later.
0: Three, two, one.